Hello guys, welcome back to another episode. Oh, don't know if you heard that. It's my dad in the kitchen. But welcome back to another episode for God's at God's Children Podcast. How are you doing? Are you doing good? Are you doing great? That's amazing. I love to hear that. I'm super, super excited for this episode because I'm going to be talking about relationships, love, romance, singleness, dating, marriage. Oh my gosh, so many fun, exciting things. So I'm just so ready to get into this episode. I'm not even going to give a long intro. I'm just going to dive into it. So I kind of want to talk about why I want to talk about this topic. So at my church currently, we have like, oh, I don't know. Yes, at this point. Okay, we have like three engage. Oh, oh my gosh, I keep hitting my mic. I'm so sorry. We have three engagements at my church. We have three people getting married, I think this year or next year, and they're all like young people, like 20s, early 20s. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like so many good things is happening. So many beautiful kingdom marriages coming together and it's making me so incredibly happy and exciting. And it's kind of making me reflect and think about like marriage and like relationships and like romance and all these different things, you know. And I'm very single. I'm very, very single. I've been single for 20 years now. I've never been in a relationship. I've never even touched a guy romantically. Like, I've never done anything with any guy ever. And, you know, maybe it should be something I should be sad about, but I'm not sad about it at all. I feel like me not being in a relationship in my whole entire life has honestly saved me a lot and even though i have never been in relationship i've been in like situationships like in high school never again that was a waste of my time and energy but i feel like the lord has honestly kept me and he has like sheltered me and protected me and he has hidden me um you know for my man for my future man so i feel like the fact that i've never been in a relationship is not something i'm not ashamed of it's nothing i'm like you know like i feel like a prude or like less worthy or anything i feel like no like i've never been in a relationship and praise god because he's hiding me and he's keeping me for the right guy to come and i feel like in the church like marriage and you know singleness and like dating and stuff like that especially marriage it's like held on such a high pedestal i can't lie and it's because marriage is very important you know like marriage is literally a, a representation of um the bride and jesus like jesus and the church coming oh my gosh coming together it's supposed to be a representation of the church and jesus coming together like it's such a beautiful and important thing but i feel like because of that it can also be a little bit isolating for the people that are single and the people that are waiting on that marriage on that kingdom marriage um you can feel a little bit like damn like when is when is it my turn like or like am i am i i don't know am i just as valuable in the kingdom because i'm not married because i'm not in a relationship and all these things and I can't say I've ever felt less valuable or less worthy or less usable by God, but I have felt a sense of like, damn, when is my turn? Even though I'm literally 20 years old, I do not expect to get married anytime soon at all. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. There's still so many things I want to do in my singleness before I get married. There's so many things I want to accomplish before I get married in my singleness. But I feel like, yeah, like single people in the church can be honestly sometimes left out and a bit isolated. Like, and sometimes like i can't lie at church when they start to talk about singleness and when they start to talk about people that are single and all these different things i kind of roll my eyes because it's just like it's the same thing like you hear the same thing all the time and time time and time again like make sure to use your singleness wisely all these different things da, da, da. prepare yourself prepare yourself da, da, da. it's almost like oh, okay whatever we know we hear you like whatever and 
I know singleness is a good thing. It's a great thing. But like, what if you really do want to get married? Like, what do you do in that instance? What, how should you prepare? How should you pray? How should you equip yourself spiritually, emotionally, mentally, anything to get ready to, you know, get into a relationship or to be married? Before I really dive into that, because I've honestly learned so much about that in my singleness, but before I even dive into really that um, topic on preparation during your singleness, I want to talk about the waiting, the beauty of the waiting, the fact that you're single and that is okay. You're single and that is a wonderful, beautiful, godly thing because you know what? Jesus himself was single, okay? Um, Oh, my voice cracked a little bit. Just give me one second. So your singleness, and yes, I'm going to be cliche. I'm going to say what everyone else and their mama has been saying at church. Your singleness is a time of growth, refinement, and improvement. During your singleness, the one thing that you have is time. You have so much time. And I I heard one time Jackie Hill Perry say it, like, you have so much time. As a, as a, she's married and she has like four kids, right? I think five or four. I don't know. She has a lot of kids. And she says that like, her time is filled with taking care of the kids, cooking, all these different things. Blah, blah, blah. She's always busy. She's always like, she's always doing something. There's never like enough time in the day because she has like a whole family and a husband and everything. And even when you're married and no children, you still have someone with you all the time. You still have like a family to take care of, a, you know, a husband to take care of, a house to like keep in order and all these different things. But when you're in your singleness, like you have literally all the time in the world. You have so much freedom. You have so much freedom to do what literally whatever you actually want. And I feel like that is such a gift. Like that's such a beautiful thing. And like being in a marriage and having children and everything, like that's also a beautiful thing. But like there's a different sense of freedom in being single and not honestly having to be tied to like a husband. <laughs> that sounds bad. But it's like you don't have a responsibility to go back home at a certain time and you know take care of your kids or take care of a family or whatever, whatever. And like once I recognize like I have all this time in the world, like I started using my singleness productively and intentionally. So I started to really focus down and double down on the things that I really want to learn and really the things I really want to grow and the things I really want to be intentional with and like, you know, just grow and practice in. So now, even though like it's a summer, I don't have school, I'm working, but this week I haven't really worked that much. Um, I'm, I do a to-do list like every day and I kind of focus on certain things that I want to do, whether that's like working out or like on a filming a podcast, scripting a podcast, editing a podcast, um, reaching out to sponsorships, like really focusing on the things that I really want to grow in my season of singleness, like regarding my finances. I want to work on investing and stuff like that. I'm searching, I'm doing a lot of research on stuff like that. So just really focusing on the things that I want to improve and grow on while I have the time and the freedom to do that. And guys, I'm not just saying this. This is also in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 34, it says, And the unmarried or brethren woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. And then if we continue in verse 35, it says, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord this is so real this is so true like all this freedom that you have yes it's time for you to improve it's time for you to grow it's time for you to know um have certain habits that you want to build now but also you have all this time to devote to god you have all this time to seek him to serve him to like work in certain ministries to serve at your church you have 
you don't have a lot of responsibility like at home so you can just give your undivided attention to god and when it says here that um the married woman is anxious about worldly things how to please her husband it's not necessarily a bad thing the married woman should be like anxious about these things the married woman should be preoccupied about her husband and her family and taking care of her household that's a good thing but that is also an extra weight and responsibility that can be very hard to carry like my mom would be the first one to know i should freaking interview her one time because she would have a lot to say about this um so yeah it's a lot on you know it's a lot on the woman it's a lot on your shoulders so during this time where you're single and you're waiting like you have all the freedom all the time to serve the lord to to just pursue him with your whole entire heart and have a complete surrendered obedient devotion to him but also to like improve yourself as well and to just grow in ways that um you just have the freedom and liberty to do when you're not tied to like a family and like kids and everything okay now that i've talked about the beauty of the waiting season i'm going to talk about more in depth like practical mindsets and things that we can do and think about as we're waiting for our future spouse like the other day i was scrolling on tiktok and um i landed on this tiktok and this woman she was talking about um songs of solomon do not awaken love before it's time and she was talking about he who finds a good wife finds a good thing in proverbs eighteen twenty two, and then the her what she said really sparked up something in me that i really want to develop and talk about more um in this episode as we are preparing ourselves and as we're just waiting on our future spouse i really want to dive deeper into this so in songs of solomon chapter 8 verse 4 i'm going to read it in the message version because i find that the i find the message version just more passionate it says Oh, let me warn you, sisters in Jerusalem, don't excite love. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. Mm-hmm. Now, let me also read it in the NIV version. So in the NIV version, it says, Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it is so desires. And the lady in the Tug Talk, she mentioned how literally in the beginning in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, um, when God made Adam, and um he made a bunch of animals and stuff like that and adam was like none of these are suitable for me these are not the partners that i need and so then god made eve anyway the way he made eve is that he put adam um he made him fall into a deep deep sleep and then he took one of his ribs and then closed up his flesh right and then literally adam woke up to eve by his side he woke up to eve okay now just just follow with me okay i'm gonna i'm gonna tie all this together and then if you go in proverbs 18 um verse 22 and i'm gonna read it in the niv it says he who finds a good wife finds what is good and receives favor from the lord adam when he woke up after eve was made adam when he woke up he literally found eve next to him he found her he found a good thing and it just it just like putting all those scriptures together and just kind of analyzing them and looking at the parallel it just made me think like when the time was right and when adam had desired for it and when god saw his desire and how he saw that there was no suitable partner for him like the animals were not enough that's when he put adam to sleep and made eve from adam and then woke him up to see her like he was ignited 
and awakened by his love and desire for her. And I'm I don't want to read too deep into it. I don't want to like inter like I want the text to speak for itself. So I don't want to put too much of my like feelings into it. But he literally was awakened to see her, to see only her. And I think that as women, we can take that into account and realize like the man that the Lord has for us will be for us alone. And he will be awakened by his love towards us. Like he will wake up and see only us. If that makes any sense. At the right time, at the right moment, he will pursue us. And it it won't be confusing. You won't have to like question yourself. Does he like me? Does he not? Like there will, there won't be any of that because he'll be clear in his intent and his pursuit of you. He'll be awakened by his love towards you. He'll only see you. So during this time of waiting for a spouse, don't wait with anxiety. Don't wait with worry. Don't wait with shame or with guilt or feeling bad by yourself. Wait knowing that the Lord has a spouse who will see you as a good thing, a good thing enough to pursue you with intent, a good thing enough for him to be ignited by his love and desire towards you. And this mindset has been so reassuring and like has been such a peace for me because I know that whatever guy I see, like I meet at church and even in public, it doesn't necessarily have to be at church, but because he can be a Christian, not be like, you know what I mean? Okay, cool. But it gives me so much peace knowing that like, if I see a guy that I'm attracted to, let's say, like at church, by example, and he doesn't talk to me, he looks at me. Let's say he looks at me. He There is obviously attraction there. He maybe looks at me a couple of times. He sees me from across the, the room. He's glancing at me. I can sense and I can feel that there is attraction there, but he doesn't really pursue me. He doesn't really put in the effort. You know, usually the old me, I guess, before this kind of revelation would feel like crappy about myself i'd feel like damn like maybe i didn't look pretty enough maybe you know i should have shoot my shot or maybe like he just didn't like me enough all these different things i would blame myself i would start to put myself down i'd feel the shame and guilt and just all these different types of negative emotions but now if i see a cute guy at church or whatever and he looks at me there's obviously attraction there and he doesn't pursue me now i just know like He's just not the guy for me because the right guy for me will have, will have that fire, will have, will be stirred up by his love for me enough to pursue me. He'll be like, like Adam awakened by his love towards me. Like I'm the only one he sees that I'm the only one that he wants. I hope that makes sense. And I'm not saying that a guy may not, a Christian man or Christian, godly man, whatever, can may not be nervous or a bit shy it's possible it's possible when you find someone that you're attracted to it's hard to like make a move to shoot your shot but if you're like waiting after a week or two or three or a month for him to make a move knowing that he's attracted to you knowing that he like looks at you all the time and all these different things like girl i'm so sorry do not waste your time that is not worth it the right guy will be stirred up by his love towards you. He will have a true pursuit of you, an intentional pursuit of you. He will make himself known to you and he will see you as you are. Like he will see you as a good thing worth to be pursued. And I think this is why I'm going through my singleness so differently than I am before. Like when I first gave my life to God, 
going through my singleness was was kind of dreadful and was like it was like torture but now i see it more like a blessing and more like a fun honestly a really fun like exciting time of my life because my faith is not in myself like i don't know how to explain this wait let me gather up my thought my thoughts the possibility of having a spouse is not reliant on myself it's not relying on my external beauty or even honestly like my character even though you want to build a good godly character a good virtuous woman character like my spouse my future spouse my husband is not all on me it's not all on my back it's not all on my neck it's according to the lord and his will and his plan i have faith in god that he has a husband out there for me and he will find me when the time is right so i can rest secure i can rest with peace i can walk around with dignity with confidence and who god made me to be knowing that i don't have to break my back for a guy to notice me because the lord has the right one for me i don't have to awaken love before it's time because i know that when it is the right time the man will find me. He who finds a good wife finds a good thing. He will find me. And I think when you live your life of singleness through that lens, you have so much more joy and freedom because it's like God is really taking care of me. Like he is my provider. He's my gyra provider. And as Christians, we're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. And you can also apply the same principle in your love life. It's the same as any waiting on any other miracle. It's the same as praying for any other blessing this sunday at church we had a guest pastor come in and he mentioned the story of the woman who was struggling with the issue of blood for 12 years and how this woman and this story always stirs me up but this woman literally believed before she was even close to jesus she was like just a touch of his garment just a touch of his garment and i will be healed she believed it before it even happened and i believe it's the same Thing. she literally walked by faith not by sight she didn't see the miracle coming she was, she was struggling for 12 years who knew but she believed it before she even saw it before she even experienced it and it's the same thing in our love life we can believe with complete faith that the lord will provide for us the right spouse for us according to his timing according to his will according to his time we can trust and believe that he will provide for us the right person and yet this doesn't mean that we get to be complacent because our faith has to also be followed up by works it has to be followed up by our actions what we believe has to be reflected in the way that we live so if you believe that you're if you believe that god is preparing for you a spouse then you have to live as if that spouse is coming towards you as if that spouse is impending, as if that spouse is currently in transit, you know, to deliver, to be delivered to you, if you know what I mean. So that means that you can't be fooling around with other guys. You can't be talking and entertaining other men, especially non-Christian men, and then saying, oh, the Lord has a man for me, da 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 No, that's not how it works. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. That you obviously are not ready if you're doing that. That also means that you're not being complacent, you're not being lazy, you're not screwing up your finances and messing up your life and saying, you know what, the Lord's going to provide, he's going he's gonna to make it happen. We also have to live a life of virtue, we have to live a life of dignity and carry ourselves as wives-to-be, as Proverbs 31 women. 
Personally, the season of single notes has also been a huge time for me to pray and intercede for my future husband, for my future marriage, for my future kids even. Like, it's been such a huge time of prayer for me. And I find that so powerful. Like, during this time where you're praying, where you're interceding, where you are taking care of your finances, you're taking care of your body, you're taking care of your room, you're making sure that, like, if, by example, you live with your parents like me, I'm being more studious, I'm being more tidy i'm taking care of my space i'm taking care of my room take care of taking care of my house i'm cleaning my bathroom more like i'm taking care of the kitchen my mom has me cooking more too i don't know what she's trying to do but she has me she has me in the kitchen more i'm cooking more i'm learning more to be like to have more of that that wife role that motherly role you know and I was literally talking to one of my friends yesterday and I was just telling her like I have been praying and interceding for my future husband and all these different things. And I was just telling her like this is literally what we're going to do in our marriage. In this time of waiting, the Lord is literally preparing you to be a powerful wife and woman of God who's interceding for a husband and her family. Like imagine, imagine your future spouse praying for you before they even meet you like that's so powerful that is so wonderful like that is so beautiful and something else i feel like the lord is also preparing me for is to be more vulnerable and open like i've been just dealing with this specific i guess stumbling block into my life and i've kind of been hiding it from my friends just because i'm a bit embarrassed and a bit ashamed but yeah one of my friends checked up on me and i kind of just opened up and told her everything and then we had just like a very super vulnerable heart to heart and I encouraged her, she encouraged me and it was so good. And then we decided to make um, make like weekly calls or weekly check-ins for us to really talk about this and to be open and to be vulnerable. And then it made me realize like, oh my gosh, with my future spouse, this is going to be me with him every single day. This level of vulnerability, this level of openness is something I'm going to have to do every single day. So it made me realize, like, just in my friendships, he's also practicing that. He's also working in me a heart that is open and vulnerable. A heart that is willing to be naked and unashamed all my days. Because it says in Genesis 2, after Eve was made and Adam was awakened by seeing her next to him, in Genesis 2 chapter in Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 it says Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. That is the type of vulnerability that you're going to have in a marriage and that's not just physically nakedness but it's also emotional nakedness, intellectual nakedness, like mental nakedness is to be fully open and vulnerable without any shame and like I I honestly believe that's something that the Lord is genuinely working on me with now. And it's just crazy. It's completely just beautiful. Oh my gosh. The waiting is never easy. It's never, never easy. It can be very difficult. And sometimes you may feel even desperate and discouraged. But understand that it is necessary. Just like the wilderness, it is a time for you to grow. It is a time for you to be expanded like an elastic band. And I've honestly learned so much and I've grown so much and I've just fallen, I've been falling in love with life all over again in my season of singleness. And if it wasn't for the season of singleness, I would not have half of the, I wouldn't have like literally any podcast, any podcast that I've posted ever since I started this podcast. So yeah, um, I also want to encourage women out there to not compare themselves to other people. Um, we're all walking through different timelines and different paths and journeys all on the same all on the same you know 
kind of path towards eternity towards jesus but we're all also have little paths of our own you know and some of us it crosses some of us it's really different directions but you know let's let us walk our walk let us run our race our eyes fixed in front of us at jesus and when the time is right we'll find someone who's running next to us and we'll hold hands together and run together run together our eyes fixed on jesus as we love each other and love the lord and i also want to talk about something as i'm finishing this episode i want to talk about something very open and vulnerable because i feel like that's something that the lord is wanting to work in me with but i had a moment a few days ago where i just kind of broke down and cried and and yeah i do that a lot as we know on this podcast i do that a lot but it was just a moment where i just felt so i felt so ugly like i felt so dirty and undeserving of love undeserving of a husband undeserving of a man and i was honestly comparing myself i was comparing myself to all these um, all these other amazing women of god and i felt like they were so beautiful and they were so pure and they were so um like they had accomplished so many things and i just was like who am i to deny what the lord can do no but who am i like i'm not half of them you know i just felt so ugly and dirty and i think as a woman who struggled with sexual morality in their past and i think that i know for a fact there are a lot of women out there who can probably relate to me um you can tend to feel that way you tend to feel like unpure and just like a soiled dove you know and and i was just really questioning myself like who could ever want someone like me and a few weeks ago i finished reading the book redeeming love and if you don't know it search it up i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i just know it's really popular though i'm sure like most christian women do know what the, the book is but i finished reading redeeming love and there was a part where angel is um just scrap like bathing and she's literally like scraping her skin wiping off her skin like scraping it so hard to the point where like i think the book says that some of her skin is peeling off and she is just she feels so dirty and undeserving of i think his name was michael wait i think it was michael i don't know she feels so undeserving of the man who's been pursuing her relentlessly time and time again and as i was reading that part of the book i just couldn't help but cry because i would see i saw myself in her i saw myself as this woman who was just like just just dirty and undeserving and naked and ashamed but i just have to remind myself that above all things above a man above any other guy the lord wants me he wants the soiled dove he wants the woman that is dirty he wants the woman who's been through a crap ton of relationships that have failed who wants the woman who struggles with porn and masturbation he wants the woman who struggles with lust and sexual morality he is not ashamed of that woman he is not looking at that woman with disgust and he's not rejecting that woman but if anything he embraces her and gives her a warm hug and bathes her gently and clothes her with beautiful bristly garments and i just want to read a passage here that just came up to my mind and it's in zechariah chapter 3 verse 1 to 4 was verse 1 to 5 and it says then he showed me the high priest joshua standing before the angel of the lord with satan standing at his right side to accuse him 
The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. May the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Isn't this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed with filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. So the angel of the Lord spoke to those standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to him, See, I have removed your iniquities from you, and I will clothe you with festive robes. Then I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So a clean turban was placed on his head, and then they clothed him in garments while the angel of the Lord was standing nearby. And I absolutely love this passage so much because that's how we are. At least that's how I was. I was standing there and I felt the enemy accuse me of all these lies. You're dirty, you're filthy, you're ugly. Who could ever want you? And the Lord was standing right by my side, rebuking the lies of the enemy, rebuking Satan on my behalf. And then I was, I felt like I was dressed in filthy clothing that's how we are we're dressed in filthy clothing we don't deserve the amazing grace and love of god but the lord is like no like let's remove those filthy clothes from him and let's clothe him with festive robes he has removed our iniquity as far away from us as far as the east from the west he has placed a clean turban on top of your head you may not feel like you're worthy but the lord treats you like royalty you're literally a princess you have an inheritance in heaven this is who you are as a woman of God, adopted by him, washed by his blood. So, yes, that's that's it. I'm going to end there. I just wanted to encourage anyone out there, any woman out there who has felt like me, who has felt discouraged, who has felt hopeless, who has felt soiled. You are not your past. You are not your actions. You are identified by God, by Christ and what he did on the cross for you. And because of that, you are worthy. You're worthy of his love and you're worthy of a man's love. So yeah, that's everything for this episode. I feel like I talked about a lot of things. It's okay to be single. It's a beautiful thing to be single. There's so much to learn in your season of singleness. There's so much preparation. There's so much growth in your season of waiting. And you can believe in faith knowing that the Lord has a spouse for you out there. And don't feel discouraged. Don't feel ashamed. The Lord is for you so who can be against you amen amen okay all right that's it that's everything for this episode i will see you guys next time bye bye have a blessed day and week in jesus name amen